Blog Talk Radio. This is Halo Berserk with Red Eye Music, and you're now listening to Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio. Yo, yo, peace. What's going on, world? Viva Fidel checking in, like we always do at this time. I want to definitely thank everybody for tuning in. Like we always say, make sure you check out the previous episodes. Check out the archive episodes. This is Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio. And today we have a very powerful and impactful show. We're glad you are tuning in. We are going to get right into it. We usually don't waste any time. I usually give a few updates. You can make sure that you check out some of the previous episodes. You can also Viva Fidel me on pretty much all of the social networks and keep up with the power moves. And today is no exception. We connect you with comrades on the ground from all over the globe, actually building and creating solutions. That's what this platform is about. Like I always tell you, if you don't know or if you need to know more, Pull out your pens and your papers and get connected with some of the resources, some of the people that we have had on this platform communicating and building and sharing solutions and resources on the ground in your area. And make sure you reach out and touch us, hit us up with your information, hit us up with your suggestions, and and so on and so forth. Today we have my big brother on the line with us already uh, Checking in, I want to say first, welcome back to my brother Jesse. Peace, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on. Peace to the true and living, man. It's great to hear your voice. It's great to have you right back here on Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio. And we thank you and salute you, brother, for everything that you've been doing, taking time out uh your schedule to just update us. It's, it's always an honor and a pleasure. It's been far too long, brother. You're doing so much. I keep up with everything you're doing, man. Uh, shoot out your information right quick for the people that don't know how they can keep up, how they can reach out and learn more about everything you're doing, brother. Absolutely. Well, it's always an honor, brother, to um, serve as a staff writer for the Final Call newspaper under the Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan. And anybody that follows me, they can hit me up on Twitter at Brother Jesse with Brother Spelled Out, or they can find me on the Final Call website at finalcall.com forward slash blogs with an S. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Man, um, right quick, briefly, brother, um, I know you know a lot of people might already be familiar with the Final Call paper. Uh, some people may have seen it uh, over time. Some people may not see it too much in the area anymore. That, like you just said, it's available online, finalcall.com. Um, just, you know, from, from the inside, brother, speak on the importance on uh, a historical aspect of, uh, of the Final Call and the impact now that it's having um, internationally. You know, brother, the Final Call newspaper, as many may not know, is actually the most widely circulating and actually it's the most, the only remaining black-owned weekly that's left in the United States. You know, many of our black papers have either shut down, they went to local, they went straight to online. So we are printed and we are online. And the impact of the Final Call newspaper is such that we bring a perspective to the people where it impacts us directly whether it's something that's happening in Haiti or is in Africa or the U.K., the Final Call staff puts it in such a way that it gives us insight into how it impacts our daily lives. But it also shows us how we our struggles are not alone here in America. 
and it ties our people that no matter if they're living in the projects or the suites of the streets of America, they are shown that, man, we are not alone and that we have a greater mission that is ahead of us. So the final call is just that. You know, if you was in the military, uh, I know I'm not joining the Army no time soon, but I've been told that in the military, you know, they had that bugle call that's early in the morning with this loud blast or whether it's a drum or whatever it may be, and you see the trumpet on the final call, that's because it's the time of the resurrection of the mentally and spiritually dead. So the final call is just that. When you don't make your train in time or that final call, there's a greater cost you have to pay. If you miss your flight going to that city, man, these airlines will charge you an extra $100. So when you don't make or take heed to that final call, there's a great consequence. So the paper is not just a paper, man. It is a wake-up message right. to the mentally and spiritually dead. And, and, and it's a and it's a world voice and it's a world view and it's important because it's one of the few that's left that will 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 actually uh, bring you a different perspective and bring you things that you may not even ever even see or learn about or hear about in your in your local news or even national news uh, you know on a mainstream level. So I just want everybody to get that you know straight out the out the gate and then we can get right into it. Uh, recently, uh, one one of your uh, uh, stories I should say or events that has unfortunately. Covered had to be covered. Uh, something that happened down in Mississippi. Um, if we can get right into it for some of my listeners that may not know, uh, there was a, a lynching recently in Greenwood, Mississippi. And um, brother Jesse, you've done some um, independent investigation. Uh, you've been down with the family um, and the community at large in the area, trying to find out what was the story behind the so-called story. Um, so, just go right ahead, brother, and bring us up to speed on, on what's the what's the information behind the, the hanging death or the or, or the mysterious so-called lynching of the brother Frederick Jermaine Carter. Yes, sir. Well, we got a tip from one of our brothers, Brother Tadal Muhammad, who who works in South Haven, Mississippi, that there was a young black man, 26-year-old, that was found in North Greenwood, a predominantly white area, found hanging from a tree with a rope around his neck. And in 2010, bro, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just say, you know, so, so, my, so my listeners is clear. So my listeners is clear. We're not talking about 19-nothing. We're talking about... 2000 and today. Absolutely, okay, yes, going, sir. Keep going. Okay. And so I, we immediately started looking into it further, and um, the editor of our paper, Brother Richard, passed it on to me and told us to start making some phone calls and because it just wasn't adding up. And immediately we saw that Associated Press and others had started labeling this based upon the Sheriff Ricky Banks' report that this was a suicide and that this young man, quote-unquote, had a history of wandering off in mental condition. So when we reached out to the attorney and activists on the ground, we found that there was nobody who believed, black people, that believed that this young man had killed himself. And when we wrote the story and found out that this young man, they said there was no sign of struggle, and we ended up finding out that the local authorities didn't even block off the area as a um, crime scene. They never blocked it off at all never did a thorough investigation into it. They never reached out to the family. And so the coroner used a one-page preliminary autopsy and just labeled it a suicide with no thorough investigation. So we all know that once the mainstream media gets the word suicide in the story, once they put out, quote-unquote, mental condition and wandering off in the paper, 
then they know right then and now people are going to start talking about it. So the type of publisher and founder of the newspaper, Minister Farrakhan, is that says, like, no, we can't let this one get swept under the rug. So he sent me out there on the grounds with other brothers from the nation to investigate further into this um, case. The funeral was held on December the 18th on last Saturday, and I was there for five days. And, brother, when I tell you, as I talk to these people on the grounds, man, there is no one, not one, that was convinced that a brother who wanted to, who would take his life would go all the way to the a neighborhood that is considered off limits for black people would go off into this wooded area just to hang himself. And so they, the report stated that evidently he had the rope in his back pocket, but he didn't have a rope, nothing to cut it with. They're claiming that it was some type of frame of a table that he um, propped up against the tree and he kicked it over and hung himself. But from what I've been told, Brother Fidel, is that this brother had hopes and dreams of having his family soon. He was hardworking. He was a mentor to the youth. He was at church three, four times a week. He was actually not even from Mississippi. He's originally from Massachusetts, but he moved to Mississippi to help take care of his mother and his two sisters. So you're talking about a young man that was a champion of the community of Sunflower and Indianola and Moorhead. He was greatly loved and known, so he had no reason, as they stated, that he actually would kill himself. So one of the gravest and hardest thing that we did on the grounds, brother, out of everything, was we went to the, the scene of the crime on Monday. And when I tell you, brother, when you enter into this North Greenwood area, now it's residential. They have a no trespassing sign that's up right when you hit this long dirt road. And from where he was last seen to where he was found, brother, it is so far to go. So we went down this dirt road, and to tell you, for people who think we're in this post-racial America, State Senator David Jordan, he was so concerned for us. He asked us this. Now, everybody who knows the Nation of Islam knows we don't carry any weapons. But Senator David Jordan asked us, hey, any of y'all packing? And we was like, no, sir. He said, well, I'm going to get one of my um, deputy, black deputies, man, to meet y'all over there, man, because it's 430, it's getting close to sundown. I don't want y'all going over there. Now, naturally, we wasn't scared. But he felt like that. Now, for him to say that to us, that's to let us know the dynamics that still exist in 2010. And when we went over that, brother, it was off the dirt road, into this back area, this tree. And, brother, when we put the pictures up to it that we were able to obtain on call, it just didn't make mathematical sense at all that this brother could have killed himself. So there's still further truth to be done, and the family is now working to get a second autopsy, brother, so we can get the truth of what really happened to him. And so so at the funeral, um, wow, at the funeral, um, uh, just give us, you know, some of the sentiments of, like, the, the, the mother and the family. Like, uh, what, what do they, what do they uh, want to see happen next, or how do they want to see it uh, communicated to the people? Because, as you say, you know, this will be swept up under the rug if we allow it to. So, you know, directly from the family and the community, um, how are they responding and how are they wanting it to be uh, explained? Well, number one, the family wants to know that, that that Jermaine, that Frederick Jermaine Carter didn't kill himself. That's number one. Number two, the mother wants this spread everywhere. She is so appreciative of the minister and the final call that we were actually the only media 
including local. We were the only media that was at the funeral, the only wow. one. So wow. she wants the story. She wants people to get online, use your Facebook, use your blog, use your radio shows, whatever it may be. She wants this spread because she wants this to get on the desk of District of um, Attorney General Eric Holder. She wants President Obama to know about it. She wants federal intervention. The attorney is calling for a federal probe. The um, black politicians are. The community leaders and activists, the family, they all want a federal investigation. And number two, they want people to know that for those who are criticizing, like we're getting criticized for putting that images on our cover of our paper. We're being criticized for putting it on the Internet. And people have even attacked Senator David Jordan, who was able to obtain the photos and pass them on to us. And he said that he's been told that it was a gross disrespect for us to put this image out there. And I say like he said, he said, well, you seem to not have problems when people are circulating celebrity sex tapes and all of these foul foolishness on the Internet. He said was even more disrespectful is that a black man is found hanging from a tree in 2010. So the mother wants us to drum up attention while I am getting on and helping to spread as much word as now. And I'm actually getting a call right now from um, the attorney because we're working to get this um, topsy done today, brother, to get it over. See, that's so they're calling that, me that, right that, now, brother. Yes, brother, that's what I'm talking about, man. I, I thank you so much. Man. I ain't even going to hold you on that note, but check this, man. I, I, I wanted those direct uh, uh, instructions from the family because that's so, so, so important. People heard it directly from Brother Jesse, who has been directly talking with the mother and the family of the victim of this of this. Um, uh, allegedly lynching um, down there in Mississippi. And this ain't just about where it's at. We ain't about this one individual. It's a way bigger uh, uh, picture, and it's way more at stake right here. So you go ahead and take that call, get back on your grind, Big Brother Jesse. Man, I appreciate you more than you know. And uh, we're going to touch down and, and break bread real soon, how you come back and keep us updated on this situation. Absolutely. Anytime I will, brother. And I'll be sure to let the family know in my report, brother, that you are supporting her with your show, brother, and I thank you so much for all you doing, soldier. Indeed, indeed, and we send our love and our strength to the family and all the brothers and sisters down that way. Will do, brother. Peace. All right, one, peace and blessings. Be safe out there. That's Big Brother Jesse Muhammad, staff writer for The Final Call. You can hear him in some of the previous episodes uh, on Viva Fidel Revolutionary Radio. He can tell you more about his story, tell you about more about uh, how he even got on the path of doing what he's doing and to becoming the great journalist and, and reporter and servant for the people that he is. You know, it's, it's a great story, and he breaks it down. You got to check out the previous episodes. We've had a lot of great guests, and like I said, today is no exception. We keep it moving straight like that. I had a 404 number uh, on my line. Is that Sister Lynette? Yes, I am. Wonderful, wonderful. How you feel today, sis? I'm fine. How about yourself? Great, great. I appreciate your patience, and I appreciate you joining me. Um, this is a, a continuation of a news update. I want to bring you on the show today to update uh, my listeners on something very, very, very critical that's taking place um, right now, not uh, yesteryear, not in some other era, um, but in today, in 2000 now. And um, Sister Lynette Taylor, I want you to introduce yourself to the people and then we can get right into it and um, explain what's going on here. Okay, thank you, brother. First of all, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. I am Lynette Taylor, the director of the National Alliance for Radical Prison Reform, 
located here in Georgia, down in Locust Grove, Georgia. What we do now, is we advocate. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay, we advocate on the rights of prisoners, uh, inmates that have been formerly incarcerated, and those that are still behind the bars. And is, is this a, a national organization, or is it concentrated in a certain area where you work with families and prisoners? Well, we are a national organization. But right now, we are geared to Georgia. Okay. How can people find out more information about the organization? Okay, you can find out more information about. You can either email me, or you can go to our website n a r p r at yahoo dot com. That stands for the National Alliance for Radical Prison Reform. Okay, and, and now, Sister Lynette, um, there, there's a, a current situation in Georgia. Uh, I want you to bring some of my listeners up to speed. Once again, they may not have heard about this on a local or national radio, TV, or media. Uh, may not have came across their uh, daily feed on a Facebook or whatever. But uh, something very real is going on in Georgia, and, and people that may have family members uh, incarcerated. Uh, this. And, and or not, this may definitely affect us all um, indeed. So explain to us um, your organization's involvement in this um, recent December 9th strike that took place in Georgia. Our involvement is that we we came together with other coalitions, uh, about five or six other coalitions, to actually to uh, support the, the inmates behind bars. And there was a peaceful protest held on December the 9th. The protest was pre-arranged several months ahead of time. Well, the inmates themselves wanted to do a peaceful protest. The purpose of the protest was for them to to demand that their human rights be recognized. You talk about things such as uh, we had a couple of inmates, I'm sorry, we had a couple of prisons in Georgia that was not providing inmate heat. We had those here in Georgia, inmate works without pay. We have where they're not serving enough vegetables and fruits. So these are the things that they decide to set out on. I must uh, stress to the audience, this was a peaceful protest organized by the inmate, not by the Department of Correction. The protest went on for about six days. Okay, and unfortunately, the protest did end peacefully on last Thursday. Okay, what okay. happened was mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. What happened? We did meet with the Department of Correction in regards to what was going on in the prison because we wanted to make sure that the inmates, after the protest ended, that some of the people that headed the protest was not retaliated against by the deputies or the wards in the state of Georgia. So we demanded a meeting with the Department of Correction. We, that meeting went very well. It, we ordered the, what we wanted the department to do is to allow our groups, it was not just my organization, there were several other organizations involved, that we wanted to have, have our own team to go inside the prison to make sure that the leader of the protest had not been harmed. And that did happen on last Monday, and as we go went into the prison to interview some of the inmates, we did find out that some of our findings that we and things that I can't even talk about on the radio, that some of the things that we was given did transpire as an act of retaliation. So now, if I understand correctly, um, this was this was uh, 
coordinated over several prisons. How many prisons was this coordinated over? That was actually five. Started out with five, which was Macon State Prison, Smith, Hayes State, and Carroll Fair. Actually, that was five. And, you know, from my understanding, uh, after this protest went on, there were supposed to be another protest that's going to start on December 25th. But due to the fact that we did meet with the Department of Correction, uh, the inmate decided to call off the protest. And Georgia has one of the, uh, the largest prison systems in the country. And so just Absolutely. for people to understand, you know, the, the magnitude of five different prisons coordinating a, a, a strike. And also, to my understanding, this uh, was an alliance among so-called separated groups uh, in lockdown in prison, correct? That's correct. Uh, a lot of different people got together um, to coordinate this together. So it wasn't just the black inmates. It wasn't just the whites or the Mexicans. Uh, in fact, it was all of them also agreeing on the, these terms and conditions and demands. Absolutely. And that's what made this uh, strike so unique because all of these different nationality, different race, different religious beliefs, they all came together to do this protest. And as I stated, you know, we like to stress that it was a peaceful protest. It was not with no violence or anything transpired in the order of the protest. It's just that when they, you know, came to unlock the cell, what the inmates decided to do is to close the cell back, sit in their cell, put their hands behind their back, and follow the, the warden's order. So it were a peaceful protest. And that's important for people to understand Absolutely. the magnitude of that sort of organization. Um, and we're talking um, through cell phone communication. And yes, we're talking we are. through, and, 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 and things of this nature only can take place through secrecy, through um, people having a certain determination to uh, keep a, a reword of a revolt or, or, or a protest uh, within the organization. That's really, 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 really heavy. People understand um, uh, the level of organization and, and, and trust and camaraderie that that had to take to be able to be coordinated. And now for it still to be uh, communicated to the people, I think is very important because there's a uh, – I mean, this is another uh, recent incident as being totally swept under the rug that they don't want people to know about and they don't want people to understand um, the conditions on the inside, for one. They don't want to have people connected to their family members and their people on the inside, for two, and let alone thinking that, hey, we could be organizing on the outside uh, and even – even somehow cooperation with the organization that's going on on the inside uh, is a very, very, very powerful um, uh, implications going on. So things such as educational opportunities, health care, uh, nutritional meals, uh, access to the families, and, and, and basic justice on the inside are some of the things that uh, were uh, part of the demand. So what's uh, some of the next steps going forward, and how can people help, actually? Well, how what we are soliciting, we received uh, calls from attorneys, not here just in Georgia, for, but for people all over the world that heard about this strike and they wanted to know what it were they could do. One of the things that we, before we decided to meet, before we had the opportunity to meet with the DLC department, was that we needed attorneys, you know, to to take some cases on pro bono, some things that we can't talk about, but we we definitely need some attorneys to kind of contact us 
to actually to be able to go into the prison and do some interviewing. Because one of the things we found out with the DOC department, they talk from downtown Atlanta, but they're not actually dealing with the actual inmates, okay? We get our information from the inmate with exactly what's happening and what's going on. So we received a whole lot of different reports about things that had transpired to some of the leaders of the protest. And if I may iterate what they did, they moved the leaders out of the camp that they were, and they sent them to other camps that was unknown. So one of the things that we do, especially with attorneys and stuff that want to be involved in other organizations, is to kind of reach out to family members because we definitely need to have family members to stay connected with their loved ones that are in prison, okay? And if they should have any problem by doing so, they can definitely contact my organization. I am a membership organization that have over 5,000 inmates throughout the state of Georgia that is associated with my organization. So so uh, communicate that website and your contact direct again, please. Uh, uh, my my contact is Lynette Taylor. The organization is NARPR. Uh, you, can, um, you can mail or email to NARPR1 at yahoo.com or Lynette, L-Y-N-N-K underscore Taylor at yahoo.com. Or you can send a lot of, we receive a lot of uh, response and letters from family members as well as inmates that's in prison. You can forward that information to a P.O. Box 665, Locust Grove, Georgia. That is two words, 30248, to the attention of Lynette Taylor. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, um, just briefly, tell tell our listeners, explain to me also, uh, how did you get into uh, this sort of activism and action? Well, how I got into it was about 10 years ago. Um, we was organizing an organization called Juvenile, Mother Advocating Against Juvenile Justice. Well, we were trying to change some of the horrendous laws here in the state of Georgia. A bill called SB 440, the ones that trial kids from 13 to 17 as an adult without and send them to a prison with a mandatory sentence of 10 years without the possibility of parole. That was five inmates came from other states, contacted myself and Elaine Brown, wanted to put back into the community has been they had spent major time in prison. And we started that organization with actually five convicted felonies that spent, there was lifers, actually lifers. My director is Khalil Osiris, which spent 21 years in prison. And we just, that's how we start doing the business, trying to change some of these horrendous laws in the state of Georgia. Wow. And that was done so, through five convicted felonies. That's, that's interesting. And so, and so people um, that can get involved to this day, like just explain some of the work that, you know, like you said, um, interviewees, attorneys, and so on and so forth. But just, you know, some of my listeners who may not be, attorneys who may not have, you know, that, that sort of resources. What are some of the things that um, are needed? Like on a basic level, you said um, being in touch with the families, um, but on the outside, what are some of the things that people can do to even aid and assist and start organizations such as yours uh, to be able to reach back and not forget about the family that's locked down? Well, one of the things that we stay focused on is actually – you know, from the beginning, our main focus is try to stop you before you actually go to the prison system. And how do we do that? We do that by trying to educate the public. What do you do when you first get arrested? And when you do get arrested, 
Okay, make sure that you're associated with some type of organization that can be an advocate or an activist for you. In other words, be your mouthpiece your mouthpiece, because we realize that most people do not understand law. So they go in court with the intent of not ignorance, not knowing, and before you know it, they've taken a guilty plea and they've got life in prison. So our main focus is trying to educate the public. Uh, what do you do when you get arrested? I also monitor court cases. We are in desperate need of volunteers to be able to go into the courthouse to be a watchdog, okay, for the prosecutors and the attorneys, especially the, paid, the public defender attorneys that are representing our clients, okay? Because what I found out through our work is that we have a lot of people that are being represented, and the attorneys have not even seen them, and they're getting 20 and 30 years in prison. So for me, it's vitally important for some of us to have watchdog groups and as many courtroom as we possibly can to kind of guide the people or to let the the state know that you have somebody watching to make sure that they are prosecuting these cases to the best of their ability. That's very critical. That's very critical. This is Ziva Fidel Revolutionary Radio. You heard it right here. You can be involved and everybody can do something. It's a lot going on and it's a lot that needs to be paid attention to people need your help and support. And we thank you so much, Sister Lynette, for taking the time to just give us a brief update on some of the things that are going on and, more importantly, how people can be involved, stay aware, and get active on the ground wherever they at in your organization. We, we appreciate and salute everything that y'all are doing. And, you know, it's, it's, it's more than a notion. And we understand that, and, and and it don't stop, it don't stop. And so moving forward, as as um, things develop in Georgia, um, we are in solidarity with with you all and with the brothers um, behind enemy lines. And we just want to say that you know we, we definitely want to stay um, informed on what's going on. So just you know reach out to me, let me know if there's updates, and we can get get you back on to share some more information with the people. And um, once again, we thank you, and we appreciate you. You want to share any last words with the people? And thank you, brother. I do appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to come on, and I would love to be on the, on this show again to talk about a lot of things that we're doing. I can't give you a complete update on exactly what is happening in the prison system, what is our next move, know. because we just met on Monday. But in mm-hmm. the future, we will be able to do that. Once again, you can right. contact me, okay, yeah. Lynette. Okay, Taylor at, at I'm sorry, Lynn L Y N N K T A Y L O R at Yahoo dot com. Okay, hold on one second. I got another call on the line. Let's see if they have a question for you, possibly. Okay. Um, okay. Well, no, they're just listening. Well, let me see. This is a six six seven eight number. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we just see. Um, okay, Hello, they might just be listening. Hello. Is that a caller? You have a question? Okay, they just listen. A lot of times the callers okay. might just call in and listen. Well, we thank you so much for taking up your time, like I said. And we will stay in touch with you and find out more about what's going on. If you want to find out more about the um, December 9th Georgia prisoner strike, basically the largest prisoner strike in the history of the prison 
the system in this country. They've never seen nothing like this, and, and it's pretty interesting. I'm definitely um, looking for more information about it because, like I said, it's one thing that, again, has been swept under the rug, and you're not hearing a lot about it, and especially from the inside. So it's very important that um, we reach out. So reach out to single people down there. Reach out uh, to some of the people online that may be involved or may be on the front lines covering the story or trying to uh, get the story out. And um, as it develops, we'll try to make sure we keep some of that uh, information to our listeners and make sure that people can, you know, figure out how they can get involved and support the cause. Like I always say about this time, make sure you check out the archive episodes. Be right here at Revolutionary Radio. This is the G-Town Music Production. Normal to some, you know, and it might be strange. 
identify your enemy? I mean, really? Can you? What was you sitting here for? Everything happened for a reason. What did you have been for? You gotta ask yourself. All across the planet, rock, we show love. This survival instinct. We barely get a chance to blink out here. We these lines. Standing up, being a spine, and being a strength, representing generations of intelligence. Like that, like that, like that. Like that.